A vast golden ocean lies between realities, eerily still and deathly silent. This serenity is deceptive, its spell broken only by a rare hint of otherworldly detritus breaching the surface before being dragged back into the churning, unknowable depths. All manner of things that slip through the cracks of reality end up here, food for the entities that both inhabit and are indistinguishable from the sea itself. Anything stronger simply drifts until it finds another breach, ready to slip through into some other unsuspecting world. This was where Dr. Emile Brown found himself, skimming across the immaterial golden light lapping at the hull of his stolen ship. Not the most ideal craft for this kind of expedition, but the shields were holding despite the tendrils of light probing up from the depths, searching for any weakness to exploit. The scanner, hastily reprogrammed to search out breaches, pinged occasionally as he passed pockets of instability, but the dimensional signatures were off. Fighting back his growing panic, he let out a frustrated sigh. Every second he spent here was a second closer to death, or worse. He was in the right sector for Earth, at least. That much was clear by two of Earth's moons hanging in the dizzying haze above. The closer breaking apart into a line of unnervingly static debris. It was now a matter of finding his Earth, not a simple task by any stretch. Not only did he need to find a specific gateway to one of countless worlds, no mean feat in itself, but if he missed his temporal re-entry by a hair, he'd be trapped in the Eocene. The scanner burst into sudden life as it detected a blip of the correct signature off in the distance, sending Brown scrambling. He grabbed the controls, tilting the ship towards the blip, partially submerging the hull for a better reading. It was a dangerous move, but Emile Brown had no more time for caution. His only chance was to dissolve into the churning mass of human civilization. When his captors noticed his absence, if they hadn't already, he would be pursued. The hull screamed, faltering shields barely holding back the ravening press of ethereal limbs clawing from the golden depths. Brown gritted his teeth, urging the vessel on towards the drifting breach. The ship's power reserve could bolster either his shields or his engines in a pinch, but not both. He didn't have time to consider his options. He hit the thruster. He was jammed back into the seat, his shoulders jarring against its alien shape as the ship surged forward toward the breach. The shields began to stabilize as he tore away, but his sigh of relief was cut short by a sudden jolt. In an instant, his head became screaming pain and blinding light, the alien console screeching as shields, hull integrity, life support all went into instant meltdown. Brown felt his lungs collapse, his eyes bulge from their sockets, his brain began to burn into cinder as something grabbed hold. He was still conscious as his body began to mutate, a writhing mockery of human form one second, a chitinous horror the next. Each wriggling bone, every distending organ sent sharp waves of rapturous agony and perverse pleasure tearing through his breaking mind. He was only vaguely aware as the ship lurched through some rupture, violently emerging into real space with whatever nightmare entity had latched on in tow. What was left of Emile Brown was suddenly glad. If he'd made it just a little further, he might have brought this thing into his own reality. A fresh explosion of pain burst through the growing numbness as Brown's misshapen abdomen boiled and burst, his gut flora visibly clumping, growing into new forms, rapidly living, dying, breeding in a grisly tableau of evolution. A billion years of life flashed before his eyes, ending in a violent flash as minuscule civilizations hurled nightmarish biological weapons built from his own flesh and bone, burning everything to dust in a lightning instant of agony, his flesh cauterizing and regrowing to cover the wreckage. 
emerging from the blasted soil of Brown's ruined torso, ragged plants began to twist and coil around his body, binding him in place before sinking beneath his skin as though it were nothing but the surface of a quiet lake. He was bound back into shape, his body stitched back together by twisting vines beneath the surface, at once soothing and vile. Regaining some clarity, the blue disk of the earth swam into focus. Brown was hurtling towards it, all power still routing to the engines. In desperation, he reached for the control, fighting the pain of his shifting form, only to find his arm a wooden stump. Through the fog of pain and mutation, a desperate idea formed. Even if he'd had a mouth at that moment, there was no point in trying to speak in a vacuum. No use questioning how he was functioning without air right now, either. If I don't slow down this craft, he thought, hoping against hope that the thing could read his mind. We both crash. I don't think even something like you could survive that. Brown's dividing hearts pumped loudly in his head as he waited for some kind of response, the earth growing to fill the cracked viewscreen. After an eternity, he felt the bones in his arm cracking through the woody exterior, forming a blood-slicked exoskeletal hand. He immediately pulled back the thruster, and before the entity could react, he diverted all power to the shields. The thing screamed in his head as the shields tore at it, ripping it from his mind as it was forced out of the ship's interior. Relief washed over him as his biology stabilized, and the ship's internal atmosphere replenished. It didn't last long. He stared at his hands, one carapist with misshapen bone, the other a gnarled wooden claw. He felt vines slithering through the scorched devastation of his flesh, a cluster of hearts pumping through his thin flesh. Emil Brown should be dead. He wasn't. He suddenly regretted not plunging both himself and the entity to hell, but couldn't bring himself to power the thruster back up. The ship rattled, jolting as he eased the controls, unsteadily tilting up over a twilight ocean. It wouldn't hold together much longer. He'd have to set down on the first landmass he found. By the color of the ocean below, it was most likely the Pacific, some way above the equator, if he was correct. His brain was too scrambled to deduce more than that. He caught himself hoping he could reach the west coast, but no. He didn't want to bring this there. Selfish, perhaps irrational, but home was home. Night was encroaching over the horizon, sky darkening over an approaching landmass. He was heading west then, so Asia, not the States. He heaved a ragged sigh of relief, and with only the slightest pang of guilt, he angled the careening craft into an unstable descent. The island came into full view. It was Kyushu, the southernmost of Japan's four main islands. Not the most densely populated, but not the least, either. Population centers should be bright clusters of fireflies at this time, but the island was sitting dark. No sign of the nighttime dazzle of Fukuoka to the north or Kumamoto to the west. Had he ended up in the Eocene, after all? No, this was definitely modern Earth. Some quirk of the multiverse, then. Regardless, the island stood dark, forested mountains defiantly green against the murk. Then, without warning, it was just a spinning blur of dusk-blunted color as one of the thrusters imploded, crushing Brown into a seat before throwing him straight into the console, screens shattering, pierced by shards of bone that had grown like coral from his forehead. Blood gushed into his eyes, blinding him, his body thrown back and forth, breaking and cracking, before the final collision plunged him into blessed darkness. Pain. The sound of bones cracking, pulsing red light and blinding sparks. A dusting of fine soil collapsed on him through the remains of the buried viewscreen, rousing him from a blissful nightmare. Bleary-eyed, 
Emil Brown pushed himself up, fighting his body the whole way, and stared at the wrecked console. Somehow the display was still working through the bloody spiderweb where his head had cracked the glass. The chronometer, set to display in standard earth measurement, read 2053, only a century off his original aim for whatever that was worth. Then he noticed the dimension scanner. It was still blinking, detecting the signature of his home dimension. It must have stuck when the entity had latched onto the ship. The other possibility was at once astronomically unlikely and too horrific to imagine. Besides, this couldn't be 100 years into his future. If anything, the city lights should have shown even brighter after a century of progress. He glanced at the faded loco on his torn and bloody uniform. The bone crack sound, Brown realized, was himself. His broken body was knitting itself together, but he could barely feel it. Laying back in the control chair, his body distorting to accommodate its alien shape, Dr. Emil Brown closed his eyes and, for the first time in his life, tried not to think. I did warn you last time, didn't I? The sea is but one plane of many, and far from the most deadly. But it is one of the most pervasive. Who knows what I might spit up, and where? an island nation uncharacteristically dark. Not too long into your future, I might add, barely a blip on the cosmic scale. Is our dear Emil from your world, or another? No spoilers from me, but I'd recommend you keep an eye on the lights. For this recollection, I borrowed the voice of Joe Pellegrino and the prose of Elodie Cunningham. Good night.